This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Back to back. Three and five years, 25-22 win in overtime over the San Francisco 49ers. Once again, Patrick Mahomes winning Super Bowl MVP. Coming back from 10-0, 16-13, 19-16, 22-19. And of course, they are the champs. Morning, yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenal game. It did not disappoint. Smalls, the only question I got is, the Chiefs couldn't wrap this up at the end of regulation? <laughs> They didn't give a damn about our bedtime last they night, did not. they? They were they just like, not. you know what? We're going to let this thing drag out. Even though we got the ball inside the 10 in the fourth quarter with the game basically in the balance, we're not going to close it out here. We're just going to kick a field goal, let it go into overtime, and then we'll get the ball after the 49ers go down there and score, and we're going to score a touchdown. I just they, they kept the drama going a little longer than I would have liked to because I wanted to get to bed on time uh-huh. so I could have all of the energy that we need for a morning show. But it was an absolutely phenomenal game. It did not disappoint. These were the two best teams in the NFL, and we got a hell of a show. Yeah, we really did. After the first half, I was a little concerned that it might be slow and that the second half might not have any drama, and boy, was I wrong. And even though when it went to overtime, I was like, oh, man, because I was tired, it ended up being so filled with drama and entertainment. This was a really, really great game. And Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, the maybe goat in waiting, I guess we can call him, does it again. Wow. That is exactly how he should be called. The goat in waiting. Yeah, because he's not the goat yet, mm-hmm. but the goat in waiting is a great way of looking at it. <laughs> All right, we're done. A greedy coming up. No, I mean, there's nothing more we can do. I've that done was it. Phenomenal. I've done it. The goat <laughs> in waiting. All right, I'm good. Like you good, CC? We're, like we're good. I like it. I mean, that was just obviously how it how it played out late. Winning the Super Bowl, obviously, third Super Bowl MVP for Mahomes there. But from a from an actual game perspective, one of the biggest controversial things, and we're going to get to all of it, right? We're going to get to the GOAT conversation, Mahomes' place in history, where this leaves Purdy after a Super Bowl loss, where this leaves Kyle Shanahan after another Super Bowl loss and a third-blown lead in a Super Bowl head coach slash coordinator. But speaking of Kyle Shanahan, one of the biggest in-game decisions was game goes to overtime last night. And Kyle Shanahan decides to take the ball right off the bat. He explained his decision-making last night after the game. This is something we talked about. With None of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. But both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal. And if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Wanting the ball third is an interesting angle on this. <laughs> you got to get through the first two possessions, don't exactly. you? Don't you? I, I, mean, I thought you guys were always told not to look ahead in these moments on the field. And he's yeah, asking for the ball yeah, third. Yeah, and Kyle Juszczyk said it in the postgame. He didn't realize that the overtime rules had changed. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, how the hell do you not have that covered with everybody on your team in the two weeks that you have leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. How, how do you let that last? How is, not, how is everybody on the team not aware of the situation? Like it's not like there's some casuals at home settling in on the couch with their watch party getting ready to lock into the big game. These are actual players in the big game. When an overtime situation presents itself, you have to make sure that those guys know exactly what the rules are and know exactly what the team's philosophy is going to be in order to have success in the second session. So that's the part that didn't make sense to me. And wanting the ball third doesn't pass the smell test. 
It doesn't. Like, I could have settled for the explanation of, okay, my defense was just on the field because the Kansas City Chiefs just marched down, kicked the field goal to push it in overtime. That's it. I wanted to yeah. rest the guys. But why not just say that? If you, it, it, like, you can always explain that, and that part of it makes sense. But saying that you want it third makes me feel like Kyle Shanahan panicked in that moment. And here's the thing. That logic, that rationale doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Give the ball to the Kansas City Chiefs. If your defense gets a stop, guess what? You got a short field and you can end the game. If they don't get a stop, then you find out exactly what you need to score in order to match points or potentially win the game. If they go down, kick a field goal on their first possession, then you know it's a field goal game. If they go down and score a touchdown, you know it's a touchdown game and it's four down territory when you get the ball on that drive. But here's the thing. In either scenario, you can still win the game without giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. If they go down and kick a field goal, you can make it four-down territory the entire drive and say, I didn't want to give the ball back to Mahomes. Everybody would have understood that. Even if they go down, score a touchdown, kick an extra point, you can go down, score a touchdown, and go for two. You don't have to give it back to Mahomes. There's no rule that says the Kansas City Chiefs have to get it a second time in overtime. But either way, having the information makes more sense than not. Even Andy Reid said it after the game. Yeah, Kyle's a good coach. Different people have their own philosophies. But that's not what I would have done. That's not what the Chiefs would have done. We believe in kicking off and deferring in overtime because both teams get a chance to get the ball. I'm glad Booger McFarlane asked the question post game because Andy Reid gave us the answer, which is the right one in that situation in terms of how to play out situational football in overtime in the playoffs. The fact that you didn't get that only adds to the perception about how Kyle Shanahan blows the big one. Again, this is what, his third blown double-digit lead in the yep. Super Bowl? It's not as perception. A co- as a coordinator or a head coach, it's yeah. his third one. Yeah, yeah. You're perception. That, it's a trend. That overtime yeah. decision only adds to that fodder. Yeah, the ghosts of 28-3 feel like they're not going away anytime soon. But I, I was – Surprised too that that was the rationale that we would like the ball third to me. Why are you thinking that far ahead? That one was a head scratcher to me. But to have players saying that they didn't understand that the rules had changed, that to me is shocking. You have all of this time, two full weeks to be prepared for the biggest game of your life. And you're not thinking about a potential situation where you could go to overtime. And you're not making sure that every player on the team is fully aware of what could happen in any scenario throughout the game for the Super Bowl. That was surprising to me. Yeah, and this was a weird first half getting there. And then obviously second half taking us to overtime. If you think about it, 10-3 San Francisco first half. There was weird things happened in the first half, right? CMC fumbles on the first drive. Isaiah Pacheco fumbles. You had one point where Trent Williams had back-to-back penalties, which you don't see yeah, often, obviously. Holding, yeah. Right. Uh, Jake Moody had the longest field goal in Super Bowl history at the time until it was obviously <laughs> one up by, by Butker. The odd, very odd exchange between Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, which was completely inappropriate, in my opinion, by Travis Kelsey and totally out of line. Dre Greenlaw getting injured, you know, running onto the field. Legereus Sneed with a dumb penalty. So all of this, all of the, the, the fumble on the on the punt situation, all of this leading ultimately. That was the second half. Second half, right. Second but half. all this leading to a weird game up until the second half. And then we started started to get rolling a little bit but San Francisco you know blows leads all the time it's unbelievable what happens in these games and tied at 16 the field goal by San Fran then obviously they come right back down and when we take it to overtime there I think you said exactly what it was 
This was not about having the ball third. This was about the fact that they gave the ball back to San Fran because they weren't converting on third downs. And San Fran, uh, excuse me, they gave the ball back to Kansas City. And Kansas City goes and ties the game at the end of regulation. The San Francisco defense is depleted and exhausted. And that is clearly the reason why they decided to do what they did there. Chris Jones, defensive tackle, Kansas City Chiefs, had this to say about the Niners taking the ball first in overtime. What's through your mind when they say they want this ball to start overtime? They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because the overtime rules has changed where both teams get the ball no matter who scores. So, you know, uh, originally you want to let you want to let the other team get the ball, stop them holding the three so you know where you got. Or if you stop them and they punt it, then all you have to do is kick three. All right, I have to ask the question. Are we 100% positive that they that Shanahan knew the overtime rules? Uh, no. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not positive that he knew the rules. Or even if he didn't know the rules, he got caught up in the moment in play calling that he didn't have you know the game management skills that are requisite to beat a head coach and Andy Reid and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. So either way, it falls on him. And the fact that your team had such a lapse and you had such a coaching gaffe to put them in that situation, it just takes me back to the conversation that we had on Friday. And you, you, you rightfully called it. You said it's Shanahan versus Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Like, like Raymond versus Raymond with the halftime performance. <laughs> and Shanahan Usher. lost. And Sh- <laughs> Shanahan lost. It's Shanahan versus the game of football, and he lost again. And so that's the part that, that is maddening to me. So there was that coaching decision. And I, I, I think, objectively speaking, everybody can acknowledge that that was the wrong call. But to me, that's not the only place where the San Francisco 49ers lost that game. They, they lost the game coming out of halftime. And it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think that, seeing as how your defense got an interception on the Chiefs' first drive. But the 49ers proceeded to have three straight three-and-outs followed by a muff punt that led to a Kansas City Chiefs touchdown. Here's the thing that's crazy about the three straight three-and-outs. Eight of the nine plays were pass plays. Yeah, they got away from the right. Eight, eight of the nine right. plays were pass What the hell are you doing? You rushed the ball for 50 yards in the first half. Your, your offensive line owned the line of scrimmage. What the hell are you thinking? What are you thinking? You got an interception. It's a short field. You got the ball in plus territory. You want to drop back to throw? What are you doing? Like that part of it makes no sense. You cannot justify that play calling, that sequence of play calling in any way, shape, or form. So again, there were plenty of opportunities for the San Francisco 49ers to seize control of this game. And they couldn't overcome their head coach in Kyle Shanahan. And we said it all last week. I was more worried about the 49ers having to overcome Kyle Shanahan than to having to overcome any poor play from Brock Purdy. And the Super Bowl proved me right. Mm-hmm. I just want to go back to one thing. Are we, we're, are we leaving open the possibility that Kyle Shanahan chooses to take the ball first because he thought if they scored a touchdown, they won the game? I know he's saying that he wanted the ball third. Or, uh, he said that after the fact. Is there a possibility? Which makes no sense. I know. So is, that there makes a no po- sense. is there a possibility he thought the touchdown on the first drive wins the game? I, 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 here's the I know thing. it's hard I, to imagine. I don't know. That. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get in his head. I think it's on the board. I can't get in his head. I don't know. The explanation that he gave doesn't make sense. And I told you, I think the only other plausible 
explanation for going down that road and kicking off or, or, or in receiving the ball is because your defense was tired. They were just on the field. Which he doesn't want to say it, publicly, it, probably. Well, 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 there's no, but there's no harm in saying that, though. Yeah, from a, from a strategy standpoint, it actually makes sense. It actually makes sense. Yeah. So that, there's no shame in that, no. saying that my defense was tired. They were, just they were the trying field. to corral Patrick Mahomes, who was running all over the place in the fourth quarter in overtime. Everybody would understand that. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that. You said that you wanted the ball third. Which makes no sense because there might not be a third possession. You know you're guaranteed two possessions. There's no guarantee there will be a third. That makes no sense at all. All right. A lot to get to, obviously. The Chiefs are champs, second straight year, third in five years, clearly a dynasty. Coming up, we are going to discuss, as Small said, the goat in waiting. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The goatiness, as Nuno has described it, our producer, <laughs> as it relates to Patrick Mahomes. You heard the highlights there. 106.5, The Wolf in KC. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you. They could save you hundreds on your car insurance. So wins his second Super Bowl in a row, third in five years, four Super Bowls in five years, the greatest start to any career arguably ever in the history of sports, definitely in the history of the NFL, three Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl MVPs. What he has done is absolutely remarkable. A game-winning touchdown in overtime there that we just heard. And now, Smalls, you have said goat in waiting is the proper term to describe the goatiness of Mahomes. <laughs> he is the goat in waiting because the only thing that's going to stop him now is himself. But he is on an unbelievable trajectory to pass Tom Brady and be at the top of basically every record, uh, what whatever he wants to do, it feels like he can do it. Through seven seasons, Patrick Mahomes, three Super Bowl MVPs, which is the most in the NFL, 15 playoff wins, which is the most in the NFL, 33,559 passing yards, most in the NFL, 260 passing touchdowns, most in the NFL. We are watching something that we have quite literally never seen before in the history of the league. This is not the best team that Patrick Mahomes has had around him. And he still finds a way to get it done in the playoffs. We saw it last night many times where he stepped up, made some big runs, made some big plays, and he propelled his team to another Super Bowl victory. Yeah, he was at his best when his best was required, right? There was a stretch in that game where Kansas City Chiefs, they had had between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, 16 straight drives without scoring a touchdown. 
Like that, that, that's, that is crazy to think that it would go that far. But then Patrick Mahomes ends the game, the last four possessions, all four of them scores. And in that fourth quarter in overtime, he was 16 to 22, 154 yards and a touchdown. And he had four scrambles, three of which went for first downs to extend drives. Like this guy is unbelievable. We're running out of adjectives to describe him. And I think your term, golden waiting, is the perfect term because quite literally, we have never seen a start to an NFL career like what Patrick Mahomes has done through the first six seasons. Think about it. He's gone to four Super Bowls in five years and gone back-to-back for the first time in 20 years. It is it is absolutely unbelievable what he's done. And, you know, you have to assign that level of success to him from here on out. I, I, I think we're done doubting Patrick Mahomes and whether or not his team is going to get back to the championship rounds no matter what the regular season looks like. I think that's the place that we now. have to live now. It's it irrelevant. doesn't matter what the regular <laughs> yeah. season looks like. The regular season was a little bit clunky this year. Go back a couple of years ago in 2021, their regular season didn't look that great, and yet they found themselves in a situation where they were in the championship rounds. So, I mean, it's just this is a team, this is a quarterback that is always going to have something to say about what happens in the Super Bowl and he's gone back to back, and it's really incredible considering how it happened this year and the context around it. I'm glad you brought up the the consecutive drives without a touchdown because I had a moment watching the game last night. I started to rethink my own analysis of the Ravens game because I loved the second half of like, oh, we don't need to score ball control. Then I started thinking, wait, are they just not good on offense all of a sudden where they couldn't, couldn't score? But it's funny because I think a lot of things last night were set up by Mahomes' runs. I think, you know, there was moments in this game where he had a run that led to the 57-yard field goal to cut to 10-6. Like, that's a forgotten one, right? Because we think about the runs late in the game. He's just never dead. You know, 153 to go. He has has runs in that final drive in regulation. He had a run on a fourth down where they basically, you know, Romo and Nance were talking about on the CBS broadcast the idea of, like, in that spot, he's just the running back. But he did what he had to do. He found ways to win this game. And the wide receivers, who have been terrible all year it's not that they were unbelievable but they did what was asked of them in, in small doses last night obviously Hardman with the walk-off touchdown MVS had a big big moments last night and I know you didn't love it and you were right not to love it but Rasheed Rice had a role of for some reason running the ball out of the backfield that didn't make any which sense. didn't make sense but they did what they had to do in those moments but Mahomes is just he's never dead he's never dead and I, I go back and forth, Smalls, in my own mind of, is this the perfect team for Mahomes, or did they win in an off year this year? Which is just the craziest thing in the world to think about. They actually could have won the Super Bowl in what's deemed to be an off year. The, the, the flip side is their defense is great, mm-hmm. right? So building a great defense along with Mahomes is the perfect thing. But goat in waiting is a perfect term because it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be the GOAT. But it means that we have never had someone waiting to be the GOAT like this. Brady wasn't waiting to be the GOAT to beat Montana. Right. But Patrick Mahomes is. He is. He's lying in the bushes. He's lying in wait. And Cece, what you said, I think, really rings true to why I feel so strongly about him being the GOAT and waiting when you said he is at his best when his best is required. Mm -hmm. They said it on the broadcast last night when it was going into overtime. Patrick Mahomes, 8-2 and in the postseason when trailing by 7-plus points. (laughs) His third Super Bowl win down 10 points. He's he's down 10 points in each of the three he's won, Smalls. It's just crazy. In every single one. So. It, it doesn't matter what deficit he's at. It doesn't matter what talent is around him. 
It, it doesn't matter what situation you put this guy in. He's going to find a way to win, which is why heading into this game, when, when they beat the Bills in Buffalo, when they beat the Ravens in Baltimore and the manner in which they controlled that game, I was like, this is not the same team that we saw in the regular season. No. This is a finely tuned machine with 15 at the helm, and I just could not go against him. I couldn't go against Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, or Steve Spagnuolo, who always finds a way to show up in a big game and make a big impact. But this is a dynasty, and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is legitimately the best athlete I think I've ever seen. He's the best football player I've ever seen. And he is one of those guys that when he's in his prime, I'm never going to doubt him. Just like I never doubted Tiger Woods, I am never going to doubt Patrick Mahomes again. Yeah, and I think it's important to highlight the path that they went through. They're the first team in NFL history in a postseason to beat four teams that had plus 100 point differentials on the regular season. They're the first team to have ever done that. Like, it's it's absolutely incredible. Like, the quality of competition that they beat on their road to winning the Super Bowl matters in terms of framing it properly. And Smalls, I'm at the point now where I'm ready to call Patrick Mahomes the, 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 the second-best quarterback in the history of the NFL. I'm good with that. Yeah, I think, he's, I think last night's win, he passes Joe Montana. Even though he trails Joe by one ring, just what he's been able to do – knowing that this is a salary cap era so you can mm-hmm. keep less and less of your team. Think about this. They traded away Tyreek Hill two years ago, and all they've done is win two <laughs> back Super Bowls. Back to back. Think about it. They Unreal. traded away the most explosive player in the NFL, and all they've done is win two Super Bowls and go back to back. Can I ask you a question about what you just said? Because you had a moment, you paused, you had this great moment of, I think he's the second best. Is that a bold statement? It is a bold statement. It is? It is a bold statement. I'm just saying because cool, I cool, left. Cool Joe is 4-0. No, no, I know, but I left there last night. <laughs> that's, a bad, that's bad man. I, I agree. That's a bad man. I agree. He looks great, by the way. He looks Thank amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Joe Montana looks phenomenal. I saw him on the sidelines. He looks great. He looks great. I'm just like, it is so blatantly obvious his career is better than that of Peyton Manning's and Aaron Rodgers already. Like, oh, yeah, in our for lives. sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right? Like, we're not, we're not, we weren't, they weren't in the chat before the game. Like, before. See, before, that's the bold before, statement before, to me. You've before, already eliminated Before kickoff, them. they weren't in the chat. They were, they were, they were, we they were behind. eliminated those guys. Yeah, those guys are eliminated. It, it was Joe Montana, it was Tom Brady, and that was the list. And, and last night's win and going back to back and winning three and five. And having what? What is that? Three Super Bowl MVPs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he's passed Joe Montana. And in my two mind. regular season MVPs, right? And two regular season MVPs. He passed Joe Montana. I, I think he's had. I, I said Again, it Again, it's much tougher to win and have sustained success in this era because it's a salary cap era. Yeah. Right? Joe Montana, he kept all the core of them players, they stayed around forever. Like, this is a salary cap era. It's harder to keep your team together. And yet, it doesn't matter. Like, he got no. rid of Tyreek Hill, they traded him away. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> His receivers couldn't answer the, the bottom line. line. That's the bottom line. The Chiefs are the champs, and that's the bottom line. Because C, C said so. We're on Sportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The voice is there of three-time Super Bowl champ Gerard Cherry on game night last night here on ESPN Radio. Then Tim Hasselback. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. The Chiefs back-to-back, three and five, four Super Bowl appearances in five years. Mahomes, the greatest start to any career in NFL history. Now, let's get to the Purdy part of Hold this. Hold on. Does Taylor Swift perform at the parade in Kansas City in nope. a couple days? Nope. No, no. because she's she not doesn't... trying to take away any shine from him. No? No, she's on Smalls' shirt. So, uh, That's right. Smalls okay. has Excuse her... Excuse me, Super Bowl champion in her first season I know. in the NFL? <laughs> yeah. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I mean, she, she the has best to rookie have, year ever. She has <laughs> to have the Chiefs prominently featured in her album that's coming out this spring, though, right? I think that one might already be done, but we're going to get a new album about... Travis and this run for sure. There's got to be a reprisal or something. There's got to be something in there, additional bonus track or something. I'll give you something. Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs adjacent. Maybe she does a diss track against Andy Reid now, considering Travis and Andy Reid went at it, which is going to get forgotten about, but that was completely out of line by Travis. I understand why he was mad, though, because Noah Gray had a phantom block and Isaiah Pacheco was left to fend for himself, ended up fumbling the ball in the red zone inside the 10. That first half. That I was worked. an absolutely atrocious effort by Noah Gray. I, I, Awful. I hear you, but I sat there at halftime. We'll get to Purdy in a second here. And and like literally, I'm doing my notes, and I'm like, wait a minute. Fumbles by CMC on the first drive, which I think you can argue lost them the game. If you actually look back at what could have happened if they scored on that first drive. But anyway, uh, the fumble, the Pacheco fumble, the penalties by Trent Williams, the Travis Kelsey interaction there, the Dre Greenlaw situation where he's running on the field and he tears his Achilles, unfortunately. Oh, awful. Just oh. awful. Very weird situations that occurred in that first half. I just wonder, like, I want to stop with the Dre Greenlaw part of it. I wonder how much the practice field could have factored into Dre Greenlaw being in that position where he got injured on game day. Like, I know the playing surface was immaculate Mm -hmm. at Allegiant Stadium, but the practice field for the week leading up, all of the players from the 49ers were complaining about it, and then you have an Achilles tendon tear on the field in the game. Like, I I just wonder if that could have potentially affected Dre Greenlaw going into Super Bowl Sunday to the point where – he had that type of injury. Like that that is something that I think the NFL needs to look at. I think the 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 San Francisco 49ers brass should be banging the drum on and that should not be an understated part of this because that was a huge loss for the 49ers from a personnel standpoint. And you just wonder, you know, did the practice field play a role in Dre Greenlaw somehow, some way being compromised going into Super Bowl Sunday? I'm glad you brought this up because I was wondering about that. What's the difference? What kind of toll does it take on your body to have those different conditions? Well, I mean, I, I just you, you, you worry about your body potentially compensating, having to deal with some type of injury going into the game. And even though nothing was reported, you know, the fatigue factor always plays a role 
in those injuries. And so you just wonder, you know, the, the, the field being in the condition that it was in, a lot of people were saying it was soft. It could have led to compensation, could have led to overuse in certain areas of the body that potentially caused an injury because of uh, fatigue on Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm not, I'm not saying it did, but I do think the question needs to be asked because it was unfortunate for Dre Greenlaw. And you saw him in tears, man. How could you and, not And be? that absolutely sucks for you to be looking forward to this opportunity to get close last year and losing the conference championship and then actually get back and break through and get to the Super Bowl to lose out on the opportunity to play in that game. Forget about winning or losing, but to actually just play in the game. That is something that you dream about as a kid, and to have that taken away from you, you know, I just that that, that sucks. Now, injuries are a part of football, but I just wonder. Not that way, though. I just wonder if the field conditions at the practice facility for the 49ers played a role in Greenlaw's injury. So let's talk Purdy. So much conversation, maybe more than any other player leading into this game, about Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy last night was 23 of 38, 255, and a touchdown. And had a 10-0 lead, a 16-13 lead, 19-16 lead, 22-19 lead, and they lost the game. And where I look at this as a Brock Purdy fan, and I still am a huge Brock Purdy fan, nothing is taken away last night. I just have to wonder, did Kyle Shanahan do enough to help him? Because I can be a huge Brock Purdy fan and also say he's not even close to Patrick Mahomes. They should never be mentioned in the same sentence other than they both played in the same game last night. But I think that at times, Kyle Shanahan actually put a tiny bit too much on Purdy, didn't run the ball enough, and did nothing to help him when Steve Spagnuolo's defense was attacking him on those third downs late, as we're showing on ESPN2 right now. And there could have been better situations, I thought, that to put Brock Purdy in. As a result, he missed a couple of throws over the shoulders that were deep, I think Brock Purdy was good. He wasn't good enough. Nothing last night would make me think, oh, go find a new quarterback. And I just have to wonder, did Kyle Shanahan help him last night? You know what? It's tough to say that he did when you had those critical third downs at the end of the game and you were hoping that the San Francisco 49ers could have found a way to do something with it, right? Like the third and four that they had in the red zone and not being able to come up with the completion because he was rushed throwing the ball off of his back yep. foot trying to target Jawan Jennings. Steve Spagnuolo brings a blitz in that situation. Now, Brandon Ayuk was open. His, his defender fell in that spot, and it might have been a, 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 a surefire touchdown, but Brock couldn't see the open receiver because of the pressure. And then the one to me that really sticks out on the other side of the two-minute warning, the third and five that they had, at the 35-yard line, two minutes to go in the game. Trent McDuffie comes on a, on, a, on a nickel blitz, and it was a situation where you thought that if they could have converted for a first down, that you could wind down the clock because I think Kansas City only had one timeout remaining at the, after that spot. You could have wound down the clock, kicked a field goal, called it a game. You know, And so those are the two third downs that you wish that Kyle had answers for Brock Purdy when it came to Steve Spagnuolo bringing pressure. And here's the thing, the the situation at the end of the game, at the two-minute warning, you knew he was bringing pressure. There was no reason for him not to, right? Because somebody's band is going to play. We call that somebody's band is going to play calls in the NFL because you're going to bring the blitz and either you're going to have success or they're going to pop it and hit it big. And so you, you had to do that in that situation if you're Spags because you've either got to find a way to get a stop or you got to let him score quick so Patrick Mahomes can get a shot to get the ball back and match points. So you knew the blitz was coming if you're Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. To not have an answer in that spot, 
for Brock Purdy, I think that's another one of those that will look back and question the, the coaching acumen of Kyle Shanahan when it comes to big games. Yeah, because Steve Spagnuolo did what Steve Spagnuolo does in these big games, which is have an excellent game plan, and Brock Purdy unfortunately fell victim to that. So he was the fifth quarterback in Super Bowl history to be blitzed on at least 40% of his dropbacks and pressured on at least 40% of those dropbacks, and no quarterback has ever won under those circumstances. So Spags, once again, big game defensive coordinator. But I thought despite all of that, that Brock Purdy still did enough to put his team in a position to win. Uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey talked about it after the game where he said he thought Brock played well in the self-inflicted wounds that the 49ers have had not all on him but even though he didn't win the game I thought he did enough to put his team in a position to five win. scoring drives he led five scoring drives he just didn't score enough points on those drives right. right field goals instead of touchdowns on some of those drives but we're talking about a second year quarterback that was in the Super Bowl held his own was not spectacular I love Brock Purdy but he was not spectacular he was fine yeah he was fine, he was fine but, but, but here's the thing he was fine but in order to be Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid you have, to be, outer, outer you have to be good to great and he, was, and he was not good or great last night. He was fine. He wasn't the reason why they lost, but he certainly didn't help the cause as much as he was going to need to in order to win. Like, when you come for the king, you bet not miss. And when you have those red zone opportunities, you can't turn the ball over. You got to be able to cash in and score seven and not settle for three. And the 49ers offense wasn't able to do that. And they made a point during the broadcast, and we've made this point on our show a bunch of times. The Niners are one of only a few teams to still use a fullback. Kyle Juszczyk is a really good player. Your former teammate with the Ravens. If you're going to use him, use him. Went over on those receiving yards, too. Yeah, in the first play, first basically. Play, was- <laughs> but, but why not use him as an up-back if you know that they're attacking you on a third and four? And guess what? If they don't attack, slip them out of the backfield. They didn't use him. Very dis- – see, that's here's, the problem. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. I, I, I stopped short of where Tim Hasselback and others have gone with Brock Purdy and saying that you can win a championship with him because – I mean, you would like to project him to get better because this is his second year in the NFL, first as a full-time starter. But, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo had a double-digit lead in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes lost, and he never really had an opportunity to have that level of success in the postseason. I don't know where Brock Purdy is on the spectrum between Jimmy Garoppolo and championship, but I don't think it's an easy answer in terms of projecting what Brock Purdy will be in the NFL moving forward. I think he's closer to championship than he is Jimmy G, but here's the reality. We don't know. Patrick Mahomes is in the NFL. He plays for Andy Reid. You can't project anyone to win a championship that hasn't won a championship yet because Mahomes is going to beat everybody. It's basically what it comes. So anyone we want to project out to win a title, don't because Mahomes is still here. We're on Sportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. If you're going to argue against whether or not Kansas City's a dynasty, something's wrong. The courtesy there, Westwood won. The great Kevin Harlan with a game-winning touchdown call. Mahomes to Hardman in overtime, the second overtime game in Super Bowl history, 28-3 game for New England over Atlanta a few years ago. So, yes, dynasty. Yes, goat and waiting. I love what Small said about that relative to Mahomes and Brock Purdy and company. Yeah, good or fine slash good. Fine to good, but not good to great, I think is the best way of looking at it. And obviously not enough. And Kyle Shanahan with another blown lead. He has been a coach in three Super Bowls, offensive coordinator and head coach twice, Two 10-point leads in the Super Bowl as a head coach and a blown lead as an offensive coordinator with Atlanta 28-3. Matt in Atlantic City watching on ESPN2. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan, CC, and Michelle. Uh, so I'm going to say this, number one. I don't buy that Shanahan did not know the uh, new overtime rules that each team possesses the ball. If I were him, I would have deferred, let KC get the ball, then you control your own destiny. Number two is... So why didn't he? So hold on. So why didn't he? That's the question. Like you said, you didn't buy it. You didn't know the rules. Then why didn't he do that? That, and I and I disagree with the call, CC. I think he should have deferred. Obviously, it was a very poor decision. As far as Mahomes is concerned, I think we can all agree it's the he's the goat in waiting. And I will go on record to say if he wins another Super Bowl next year, that'll be three in a row. I think you can say he's one and Brady one a. And we have to give Steve Spagnuolo credit. He's the first coordinator to win four Super Bowls, two with the Giants, big blue wrecking crew baby, and now two with the Chiefs. I mean, I love that um, Tony Dungy covers cover two style defense, get at the quarterback. I think two things are paramount to win football games. You want to bring the house, get at the quarterback, and stop the run. Thank you guys very much. All right, man. Thanks for the call. He didn't, he didn't win that Super Bowl with the Giants, the second one. He wasn't the defensive coordinator. Well, he's he won three. With, he was one three with the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. So, is he a Hall of Famer? Spags? You could definitely make the argument. Like, I don't mm. care that he wasn't a good head coach because that's not, that's not I his job. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Either. I don't know. It was really bad, know. though. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's he is elite. Like, we say about Devin Hester. I know yeah. it's not apples to apples. If that job exists and you're better at it than everyone else, then you should be rewarded when the individual accolades come come along. They put assistant coaches in the Hall of Fame? That's what I'm asking. No, I don't think so. I don't think they I, do. We'll have to look that up. But, I mean, if anyone feels like they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for for the job that he does, I mean, he's remarkable Phenomenal at what coach. he does. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Joe in Virginia listening on 94.1. What's up, Joe? Hey, Mike. Uh, good morning, guys. I love the show. Um, the point that I wanted to make was not so much the GOAT debate when it comes to Mahomes and Brady, but rather the debate that we have in another sport with Michael and more along the lines of once Mahomes has started winning outside of losing to the actual GOATs of the sport, he has not lost. And once Michael started winning, nobody could beat him except when he retired. He was 6-0 in the finals. Outside of losing to Brady, Mahomes is 3-0 in the Super Bowl. Thank you, guys. Yeah, there's something to that, I guess, in terms of, you know, once he started figuring out how to do it, he's not going to stop doing it. But he beat the Niners first, then lost to Brady, and then won the last two. So the ordering is probably, if I'm getting this right, no. right? No no, 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 no. He lost first. He lost, then, okay, he lost my bad. to Tom Brady in 2018, then he beat the 49ers in 2019. 
No, but in the Super Bowl, I'm saying. So he actually lost. The, he was one and whatever it was. Okay. Does, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Super Bowl. yeah, yeah, Lost the, the AFC title game. Lost the AFC title game. Then beat the Niners. Then beat the Niners. Lost in the Super Bowl. To the Bucks. To the Bucks. And now he's won the last two. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one thing that I think is interesting here is Goat and Waiting that Small said is perfect. He has a chance next year to do something that Brady's never done. Right. Which is three in a row. Right? Like, that is that is a crazy thing to think that you could win three in a row. But is anybody going to bet against them right now? Who do you feel like is a real challenger to him? No one. How can I feel like anybody's a challenger? He beats everyone. That's my point. (laughs) So why would you bet against him if you don't think he has a true challenger? Now, we're saying that blindly, right? God forbid injury situation with different guys. Of course. But, like, right now, I don't think this is as much of an off year as everyone else does. But let, let me lean into what everyone else thinks. They just won the Super Bowl during a down year. I'm going to say that again. They just won the Super Bowl during a down year for them. What if it's an up year? Who's beating them? Nobody. Nobody. So that's where you look at. So the GOAT in waiting, if he and the Chiefs win again next year, there will be people that will say he's the GOAT. Yes. I'm not. I wouldn't would be one of them. I, they would have a hell of an they argument. They would have a I was good argument. Thinking about that. They would have a hell of an argument. Yep. Because there's no, that, would, that would be. Three I mean, in a, a row? Three in a row. And we're assuming that he would be Super Bowl MVP. That would be four Super Bowl That's MVP. a safe <laughs> assumption. That is a safe yeah. assumption. So right now, <laughs> he doesn't have anything on his resume that Brady doesn't have. If he wins three in a row, he would have something of massive significance that Brady does not have on the resume. He doesn't have three in a row. He does have back-to-back. First time in 20 years we've seen that, by the way, since Brady. Uh, Joe in Virginia listening on 94.1. What's up, Joe? Oh, I'm sorry. John in uh, North Carolina uh, listening on ESPN2. Sorry about that. Go ahead, John. Hey, good morning. morning. Um, I just don't think you guys are giving Purdy enough credit. If if San Francisco stops Kansas City on the fourth and one, we're talking about Purdy in a whole different light this morning. And what a great job he's doing. When do we start giving him enough credit that he's a really good quarterback? I mean, I think was he was he even going to be Super Bowl MVP if they won? Probably Juwan Jennings. That's, that's, that's what I thought. I thought it was Juwan Jennings. I'll tell I mean, you who else touchdown catch a touchdown. You know who else played a really good game? He was never going to win Super Bowl MVP, but I, Chris Conley. Was all was, over well, the he field. He was phenomenal on special teams. I could not believe he how good great. that guy was. You know who else played really, really well? Chase Young. Oh, phenomenal. Chase, Chase, Chase Young. Like everybody. Eric he, was, he, was, he was maligned yep. coming into this game. People talked about him getting benched in the conference <laughs> championship game. Chase Young played his ass off last night and made a lot of money this offseason because he's an impending free agent. Yep. So, yeah, Chase Young. But that, that to me, is telling in terms of what the game looked like and what Mahomes had to overcome. Because his tackles were absolutely terrible. Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, they were just atrocious in that game. And guess what? It didn't matter. Mahomes figured out a way. Yeah, you guys got to him. You sacked him a couple of times in the first half. It didn't matter. He found a way to be able to manipulate the pocket. He threatened the defense with his legs on RPOs and scrambles. And he made plays. He bought the requisite times for his receivers to uncover and for them to sustain drives. So I just I I think we gotta put into context just how hard it was for this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs to get to and win the Super Bowl and just shows you how special Patrick Mahomes really is.
By the way, Steve Wilkes, let me shout him out. I know that they, they lost the game and their defense kind of spit the bit late, but the defensive coordinator for the Niners knew what he was doing calling out his defense because that defensive line was way better last night than they were in the previous game. Chiefs do it back-to-back. We'll continue the conversation coming up. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.